It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Good evening. If you seem to sense an aura of cold dampness that permeates this room, attribute it not to either defective air conditioning or inclement indoor weather. It's simply because this is rather a special place with a special statuary and special paintings. It's the Riley and Kimmy Show. The Riley and Kimmy Show. And welcome to a Monday edition of the Riley and Kimmy Show. If you're listening today, this is uploaded. It is July 31st. That's right. Right at the end of the month. This is episode number 1,323. Right next to me is... Kimmy! I got one name! Kimmy! Hello, everybody! Hello, everybody! Hi! Hi there. I am your host, Patrick Riley. Quite a good scene, isn't it? One man crazy... Three very sane spectators. Two sane ones right behind me. That's two fur kids. Uh, well, they're uh, they're sort of awake. They're on their fur fur bed, uh, their dog bed. And to my left is somebody, well, questionable if uh, not crazy. That is Kimmy. They're coming to take me away. Ha-ha. They're coming to take me away. Ho-ho. Yes, they're coming to take her away. Uh, hello, Kimmy. I hope they don't take you away too soon. I want you to be able to finish the episode. Yeah, I know. Yeah, I, 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 there's somebody running around with a butterfly net looking for you. Uh, yeah, yeah, did you see that? Yeah. yeah. Oh, okay. All right, well, Kimmy is here, and it's a special episode because she is. It is a Monday, and being a Monday, just one day away as we record this from August. Can you believe that, Kimmy? I know. And when we flip over the calendar to August... We have quite a few events that the Riley and Kimmy show will be at, mm-hmm. including a comic book and toy show coming up well, just a few days away. And over here is my comic book collection. Feel free to browse. There's a box of disposable reading gloves on the nightstand. You won't need the disposable reading gloves. I The, the really high-end comic books that might be there will be behind protective things, you know, stuff like that. Right. Uh, casings and stuff that they have. Uh, it's the Jacksonville Comic and Toy Show, which will be happening on Sunday, August 13th. Starts at 10 o'clock in the morning, runs till 4. It's at a great location. It's very easy to get to right off of I-95. It's the Ramada Jacksonville Hotel and Conference Center. You can find that right off of Hartley Road. Very easy to get to, right, Kimmy? Easy to get to, yes. Easy to get in. And by the way, there's some restaurants and stuff all around it. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, you know, either prior to coming to the event, you can get that breakfast thing or maybe uh, do a lunch or, you know, dinner right afterwards, right? Sure. Feel free to invite the Riley and Kimmy show to the dinner if you'd like. That's okay. Or if you'd like to meet for that breakfast, we can do that as well, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, Kimmy loves breakfast, right? Oh, yeah. And this is an event that will be focusing on comic books. We just still, in the past few days, posted on our Facebook page how the convention scene has changed across the nation with less and less comic book vendors. And there's an explanation why and speculation why this is happening. And this is a type of con, a niche type of convention that specifically is focused right onto the world of comic books where it all really started. I mean, you look at these movies, you look at the TV shows, the superhero things. This is where it all comes from. Unfortunately, there's a large group of individuals that don't realize that or 
maybe have never even read a comic book or looked at one. This is an opportunity to do that. Maybe find that special key book you're looking for that that maybe start to your collection. Maybe you have a collection you'd like to sell or trade. This would be the location to do that. And it is in the Jacksonville area. That's the Jacksonville Comic and Toy Show. We look forward to seeing you there. We will be there. I talked with one of the show promoters recently. That is Tom Raup about the event. And he assures me we'll have some things to give away. Mm-hmm. Can you believe cool. that? Yeah, it's going to be cool. Yeah. So stop on by. We'd love to see you. Swing on by our table. Say hello. Become part of an episode of the Riley and Kimmy Show. And besides comic books, you can also look for other collectibles. That's right. You might be able to find that lunchbox, that uh, vintage action figure, or maybe that current thing you're looking for, like a pop vinyl. Who knows what you will find at the Jacksonville Comic and Toy Show. That's right. You never know. That's right. And big thank you going out to two of the promoters, and that is Tony Hines and also to Tom Rob for well, personally inviting us to this fun event. Yes, thank you. We can't wait. And you can find out more by going right to their Facebook page. That's the Jacksonville Comic and Toy Show. We have a link right on our links, and that's right on our website. And by the way, we'll be at other locations in August. You can find out more where we will be in August and also where we will be throughout 2017 going into 2018. And if you'd like to book the Riley and Kimmy show, you can do that. Go right to our website, to our event page for more information. And where can you find our event page, Kimmy? Rileyandkimmy.com. Rileyandkimmy.com. The Riley and Kimmy Show. Shall we play a game? And that's a big question. Now, it's a Monday, and I don't know if Kimmy's taxed after spending the weekend at the Tampa Bay Comic-Con. I hope she's alerted up to play nerd and pop culture trivia on a Monday. It is a Monday. I, I know she's a big fan of Monday. Can you play, do you want to play nerd and pop culture trivia? Yes, sir. For those joining us for the very first time, we have jumbled up, we have scrambled up, we have shaken up a timeline of events. Nerd, really heavily nerd pop culture events. There's occasionally you know, a serious history item in there. And we're giving Kimmy the opportunity to try to guess what they might be and come up with answers. Now, you can help Kimmy out with answers by shouting to whatever listening device you happen to have the Riley and Kimmy show on right now. We believe in time travel answers. You are in our future we are in your past, and the person next to me, Kimmy, the the resident psycho, I mean psychic, says that there's communication that can happen through a time vortex, a portal that opens up. So yell at whatever device you have. It might be a smartphone, uh, might be a tablet, might be a uh, you know those smart uh, watches. It could be the glasses. Uh, yeah, it could be any computing device, laptop, tablet, desktop. Oh boy. A robot, whatever you have, maybe a really, really smart car. Maybe you're far enough into the future, you're like in the Jetsons, and you're being flown to work, and the car is talking to you and playing us as you commute. Hey, it's possible, Kimmy. It could happen. It could be anything. So feel free to shout out your answers to Kimmy. Help her get uh, more of them right than wrong, because today she wins absolutely nothing if she gets more of them right than wrong. All right. Yes. Yes, Kimmy. Monday, July 31st, very first question, Kimmy. Is in the world of video games, Kimmy, the Game Boy. Handheld video game device was released in the United States on this date. 
Did this happen in the 1970s, the 1980s, the 1990s, or 2000s? 70s? Happened in the 1980s. It was almost 1990s. It was 1989. The Game Boy handheld video game device was released in the United States. It was on this day, 1498. This person, this voyager, this... This explorer went on his third voyage to the Western Hemisphere. He arrived in the island of Trinidad. Some say he found America. Others dispute that. Who is he? Christopher Columbus. That's correct. The year is 1498. Give me it was on this date the George Washington Quarter goes into circulation. What is the year? Is it 1932, 1942, 1952, or 1962? 1932.: have you ever met any coin collectors? No. All right. You know, they have entire coin collecting conventions. Oh, sounds you, fascinating. You know, hey, we've been invited to one. Oh, what do you think? That's okay. Well, we'll talk about that, Kimmy. It kind of makes sense going to it. Uh-huh. <laughs> oh, oh. Uh, thank the joke department here at the Riley and Kimmy show for that one. I set her up right for it. Wasn't that brilliant? Oh, yeah, God. somebody needs to be fired. It wasn't that good. I worked it right up. We set you right up for it. It worked really well, didn't it? Oh, the payoff was amazing. The year 1792, the cornerstone of the U.S. Mint. Hey, we're talking about money. Yeah, the U.S. Mint in Philadelphia was laid. It was the first building to be used as a United States government building. The year, Kimmy, is 1928. This made it sound for the very first time. It introduced this motion picture company's first talking picture. Tell me the name of the studio that used this. From that point on, you know the studio. Here is your clue. Tell me the name of the studio that uses Leo the Lion. MGM. That's correct. And the first movie was White Shadows on the South Seas. It was the first talking picture for MGM, Metro Golden Mare. The year is 1932. Enzo Ferrari retires from this sport. Can you tell me what the name of the sport is that he was part of? And later he would, uh, he would, well, something would be under his name. Um, bicycling? Enzo Ferrari retired from... Auto racing. In 1950, he launched a series of cars under his name. You know, that Ferrari. I guess you didn't watch uh, Magnum P.I., did you? Because that's what he drove, was mm, a Ferrari. No. Okay, the year is 1948. This president helps dedicate the New York International Airport, later called John F. Kennedy International Airport. Who's the president in 1948? Truman? That's correct. Harry S. Truman, President, 1948. The year is 1955. Marilyn Bell of Toronto, Canada, at the age of 17, became the youngest person to swim the English Channel. 1961, the first tie in all-star game Major League Baseball history happened. It was recorded when it was stopped in the ninth inning due to rain at Boston's Fenway Park. The year is 1964. American space probe Ranger 7 transmitted pictures of the moon's surface. The year is 1967. Rolling Stone member Mick Jagger and... Another member in one month in jail. Who's the other member? 
Keith Richards. Yeah, they were in jail together. The year is 1971. Apollo 15 astronauts take a six-and-a-half-hour electric car ride on the moon for the first time in a lunar rover vehicle, LRV. You know, the buggy? Mm-hmm. That thing looks cool, didn't it? Oh, yeah. And they have simulated one out at Kennedy Space Center that yes. you can get your picture taken, you know, sitting in and things like that. The year is 1976. This song is released. Kimmy, identify the song. Kimmy, what is the name of that song? That's easy. That's one of my very, very favorite songs. Don't Fear the Reaper. Don't fear the reaper. Not to the wind, the sun, or the rain. We can be like this. Come on, baby. Don't fear the reaper. Baby, take my hand. Don't fear the reaper. We'll be able to fly. That's right, Kimmy. Tell me the name of the band. Blue Oyster Cult. Yes, 1976. That was released. The year is 1981. The seven-week baseball strike came to an end when players and owners agreed to an issue of free agent compensation. The year is 1981. This recording artist, who was at the time a lead singer of a band, released her solo album called Cuckoo in the United Kingdom. It had limited... Airplay in the United States. It had a couple of singles that were released. The biggest one of the two that were released in the United States went to number 43 on the Billboard Hot 100, meaning it it had limited airplay. See if Kimmy can identify who the recording artist is just by sound. Kimmy is an audiophile. Let's just see how good she is. Songs backfired number 43 on the U.S. Billboard Hot 100. Do you know who that is? Hmm, what year? 1981. I'll give you another clue here. Here's the second release in the United States and only charted at number 82 on the Hot 100. Here's The Jam Was Moving. The jam was moving. It hit number 82 in the U.S. Hot 100. Who is the recording artist? 1981 is the year, Kimmy. Is it Debbie Harry? Kimmy got it exactly right. It didn't have to go to a bonus clue that she was a singer, lead singer for Blondie. Yes, that's who that is. Do you, I take it you don't have that in your collection. No. Yeah, no, that, no. that album was released in the United Kingdom. Very limited single play in the United States. It's 1984. This person has their first appearance on this TV show. Tell me the name of the show. Entertainment Tonight. That is correct. Now, see if you can identify the person who made their first appearance for many years on 
Entertainment Tonight. Here is your audio clue. Funny stuff. Next week on Entertainment Tonight, Leonard Maltin's Best Movies of 85, E.T.'s Person of the Year Awards, and interviews with Kenny Rogers, The Judds, and Martin Sheen. And be sure and join us this weekend for another Entertainment This Week. Monday on PBS, some of America's best ballroom dancers can be seen on public TV's annual show, Championship Ballroom Dancing. Here, Tina Randell and Alex Vandegrift, both 11 years old, do the quick step. Have a good weekend. We'll see you later. Gimme, it's not the person who had her legs insured for millions of dollars. It's not that person. I know you were probably going to guess that person, weren't you? Yes, I was. Who are you going to guess, Gimme? Mary Hart. It's not her. Take another guess. Ooh. I can't think of anybody else. It's Lisa Gibbons ah. who made her appearance 1984, very first time on Entertainment Tonight. The year is 1987. This group's album, Appetite for Destruction, is released. We have a sample from that album, a single that was released in November of 1988. It would climb to number five on the Billboard Hot 100, would be used oh, in so many things over the course of time, including uh, sporting events. Here is your clue. Jimmy, identify the band. Guns N' Roses. That's right. Appetite for Destruction, the album released on this date, and that was Paradise City. And moving over to something else happening on this date in history, it was 1988. Willie Stargell became the 200th man inducted into what? The Baseball Hall of Fame? Yes, you got it right. 1988, that happened. The year is 1988. The last Playboy Club closes. It happens in Lansing, Michigan. Bonus question for you, Kimmy. What year did the first Playboy Club, featuring bunnies, open? It opened actually in Chicago, Illinois. What was the year it first opened within five? 1950? 1960 is when the first one opened. The year is 1995. The Walt Disney Company agrees to acquire what television network on this date? They buy it for $19 billion. ABC? That's correct. Capital Cities ABC for $19 billion. Years 1995, this song debuts at number one on the Billboard chart. Identify the recording artist, Kimmy. Little uh, hint here. It was her first English album. She became the first Latin artist to debut at number one. Late night when all the world is sleeping, I stay up and think of you. Who is that, Kimmy? Selena. Yeah, Dreaming of You debuted number one on the Billboard chart on this date in 1995. The year's 1999, the spacecraft Lunar Prospect crashed into the moon. It was a mission to detect frozen water on the moon's surface. The craft had been launched on January 6, 1998. <music> Moving to celebrity and notables. Kimmy, this person born 1919, died at the age of 86 in Palm Beach, Florida. He was an American sportscaster, well known for... Covering many national televised sporting events. See if you can identify who he is. Here is your audio clue. When are the hitters going to start hitting? Everybody's asking about this 1972 World Series. Each team has a team batting average of 178, 
There have been only nine runs scored in the first three games. Cincinnati got on the board last night with its one-to-nothing victory. And I'll tell you, the way the pitchers are pitching, I don't believe we'll see too much scoring in this series. They're not only pitching with control, but with excellent stuff, changing speeds, and we have just had superb pitching. The hitters have not been that bad. Tonight, a young left-hander, 21 years old, Don Gullett, who was set back with hepatitis early in the season, won nine, lost ten, is on the mound for Cincinnati, and he'll be going against the winner of the first game for the Oakland A's, Ken Holtzman, who won 19 and lost 10. Who is that, Kimmy? I can't do that one. You can't tell me who it mm, is? No. It's... Hi, everybody. Kurt Gowdy of NBC Sports. You remember him? Uh-huh. And Kurt Gowdy uh, had a very unique voice. Matter of fact, he sat down and talked about, well, what he thought about his voice. Oh, everybody's... And I never thought anything of it. I never had a voice lesson in my life. I just naturally... A Wyoming boy, just always sort of talk naturally. I think I had a break growing up in Wyoming. Everybody's sort of warm and friendly out there, and I always try to sound uh, a Western guy, warm and friendly. But I've been, like, to airports, and uh, I'll come up to a, a fellow behind the counter, and I say, what time does Flight 676 leave? And he wouldn't even look up, Kurt Gowdy. And he'd look up, hey, how you doing? I said, how did you know me? He said, I recognize your voice. And uh, more people have told me that, how they recognize my voice. I imagine there are other announcers the same way. Kurt Gowdy, born on the state in 1919. Next person born, 1932, Kimmy. An American actor died in 1979 at the age of 46. Even though his life was brief, he, he became part of television history. Iconic voice used in so many things. Tell me who he is. Here is your clue. Kimmy, can you identify who that is? Oh, <clears throat> oh, it's the guy that does Lurch. Oh. All right, Kimmy, we're going to give you a few seconds to think about that. Here is a song that was actually released with the actor here in character that was played across the country.
actually appeared on dance shows doing in costume, uh, in character, uh, with that song, doing that song, and his name is actually stamped on the the uh, record label. Can you tell me the name of the actor who played Lurch? Give me in the original television series, The Adams Family. I cannot bring that one up. Oh, Kimmy, shame on you. It is Ted Cassidy. And he did so, so much voice work. He was uh, Frankenstein Jr. in the Frankenstein Jr. and the Impossibles cartoon. He was a voice of Meteor Man and Birdman in the Galaxy Trio. He voiced Ben Grimm, the Thing, in the new Fantastic Four. He was also the growls and roars of Godzilla in the 1979 cartoon. And he did other cartoon work, too, all the way back to Space Ghost. He was uh, Moltar and Metallus in the Space Ghost series from 1966 to 1968. And he's on Star Trek, a classic episode where he plays a giant android that basically treats Captain Kirk as a rag doll, if you remember that. Mm. And, oh, he's he's great. He was fantastic. And he was also the narrator, the opening voice, to a certain comic book TV show. Identify the TV show. Dr. David Banner, physician, scientist, searching for a way to tap into the hidden strengths that all humans have. Then an accidental overdose of gamma radiation alters his body chemistry. And now when David Banner grows angry or outraged, a startling metamorphosis occurs. The creature is driven by rage. And pursued by an investigative reporter, the creature is wanted for a murder he didn't commit. David Banner is believed to be dead. And he must let the world think that he is dead until he can find a way to control the raging spirit that dwells within him. Can you identify the name of the TV show? The Incredible Hulk. Yes, that's right. The Incredible Hulk. He was the narrator. Matter of fact, there are scenes. He actually played the Hulk briefly. He was, uh, well, they sort of chose him, then they unchose him because they didn't think he was muscular enough. But there are some brief scenes in the pilot that you can see that is actually him in it. And he voices the the opening and does the growls and snarls and that of the Hulk. He is the voice of the Hulk throughout the series. That is Ted Cassidy, born on this date. Next person's a musician. Kimmy, we're going to impossible music trivia here. We have multiple clues. This person, I have a feeling, is forgotten. But let's see if somebody out there can shout out an answer to you. This birthday person, 74 today, an American singer-songwriter, major player in the 1970s, actually the early 1970s, scoring several top 10 hits. Here's not his biggest hit, but I think his most recognized hit. See if you can identify it. It was number one on the AC charts, but actually number five on the top 40 from 1971. Tell me who this birthday person is. Right, Kimmy, it's about a dog. Do you know who it is? Mm, yeah, no, I don't. All right, me and you and a dog named Boo, 1971. Kimmy can't tell us who it is. Here's another hit of his, number two on top 40, number one AC. It's from 1972. Number 
number two on the top 40 airplay, I'd Love You to Want Me. That's from 1972. Can you tell me who had that as a hit? No, I can't. All right. Final clue, Kimmy. Number eight, top 40. Number one, adult contemporary. The year is 1972. I love you too much to ever start liking you. So let's just let the story kind of end. I love you too much to ever start liking you So don't expect me to be your friend 1972, Don't Expect Me to Be Your Friend, number eight on the top 40, number one adult contemporary. Can you tell me who the birthday person is? Hmm, never heard that one. Uh, you can't do it? Nope. Uh, it's Lobo. Remember, at least you've heard that name, I'm sure. Lobo. Mm. Yeah, Lobo. Yeah. Uh, 74 years old today. Next person having a birthday, Geraldine Chaplin, age 73, actress. She is the fourth child of Charlie Chaplin. Next person, musician, American musician who started a band at the age of 18, Matter of fact, the band has his name in it. See if you can identify who the birthday person is. Here is one of their big hits, number one from 1965. Can you tell me who that is, Kimmy? No, I can't. It's Gary Lewis, and he was part of the band Gary Lewis and the Playboys. He's 71 today, and by the way, he's the son of comedian Jerry Lewis. Next person, having a birthday, an American actor, and, well, he's the son, the second son, of a very famous actor, comedian. He appeared on a certain TV show with his father. See if you identify the TV show. Can you identify that TV show? I think it's the the Dick Van Dyke detective show. Um, yes, detective doctor show. Oh, you got it. Uh, the the person having the birthday played Lieutenant Detective Steve Sloan. He was a homicide detective. He was a son to Doctor Mark Sloan. And Mark Sloan was uh, the person you just mentioned. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Can you do it? can't think of the show. TV show was Diagnosis uh, Murder. Can you tell me the name of Dick Van Dyke's son who's having a birthday today? I sure can't. That's Barry Van Dyke having a birthday. He is 66. And for nerds like me, we know him for Galactica 1980. The spinoff to Battlestar Galactica. He played Lieutenant Dillon. Ran from January 27th to May 4th of 1980. Next person having a birthday, tell me what this person is famous for. Yvonne Gulagong. Oh, tennis? Correct. 
Tennis player, she was one of the world's leading players in the 1970s and early 80s. She's celebrating a birthday today. She is 66. Next person can be actor known for playing Blade in the Blade film trilogy from 1998 to 2004. Who is he? Wesley Snipes. How old is he within five? Uh, 52. He is 55 today. Do you think he should play Blade again? Yes. Next person, tell me the book series she is famous for. She's having a birthday today. That's J.K. Rowling having a birthday. She's 52. Harry Potter. That's right, J.K. Rowling, Harry Potter. Kimmy somehow knows that. She's never read. Uh, yeah, okay. Next individual actor. He is known for a certain role. He did two TV shows. One was very small. It was like in syndication. But he did a network TV show that was extremely popular for a period of time, Kimmy. Here's the theme to the TV show. See if you can identify it. It is comic book related superhero related comic book based tv show superhero based can you tell me the name of the tv show is it lois and clark i didn't think you ever watched that show i didn't kimmy identify the person having a birthday here's your audio clue when i first arrived in metropolis i said i came to help that's still how i feel but i'll have to find another place and another way i have voluntarily agreed to leave metropolis by noon tomorrow i believe it's the best way to put all of your fears to rest I will miss everyone. Thank you. Who is that? Dean Kane. Yes, he's having a birthday today. How old is he within five? 48. He's 51 today. I see dead people. Notable deaths. This person passed away in 1964 at the age of 39. But even though he passed away young, this country singer left a lot of music. He had a lot of hits. This is almost impossible trivia, Kimmy. Can you identify who the person is who passed away on this date in history? Number one hit on the country charts. Also had a big hit on the top 40 with the same song. It was a crossover. Number two, the year is 1960. See if you paid attention to those old TV commercials. They used to sell his albums on TV, and you would hear this as a sample. Put your sweet lips a little closer to the phone. Let's pretend that we're together all alone. I'll tell the man to turn the jukebox way down low. And you can tell your friend there with you, he'll have to go. Can you identify that golden voice, Kimmy? No, I can't. That's Jim Reeves, who passed away in 1964 at the age of 39, had many hits like Four Walls, number one on the uh, 
country charts, number 12 on the top 40 charts. And then 1957, he had a song which was number one on the country charts and 26 on the top 40 that did get airplay for years just because what it was titled, he had a hit called Bimbo. Bimbo is a little boy who's got a million friends. And every time he passes by, they all invite him in. He'll clap his hands, sing and dance, and talk his baby talk. With the hole in his pants and his knees sticking out, he's just big enough to walk. Bimbo, bimbo, where you gonna go, yo? Bimbo, bimbo, what you gonna do, yo? Bimbo, bimbo, does your mommy know that you're going down the road to see a little girly, yo? Jim Reeves with Bimbo. Song kind of reminds me of some people I know there, Kimmy. Actually, I, actually, I'm not going to tell who it is, but I, I have that as their ringtone. I'm not kidding. There's 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 a few that have that as a ringtone right there because the song kind of reminds me of them. It might be you. No, actually, a very special group that has that as a ringtone. Going back to the list, Kimmy, Virginia Gray died on this date, 2004, age of 87. American actress who appeared in over 100 films. She had an on-again, off-again relationship with Clark Gable after his wife died in the 1940s. He just would not commit to her, and she was, well, stuck on him and would never get married. She was not obsessed, but she, her heart, you know, was for Clark Gable. Now, she was a regular on TV. If you love classic vintage TV, you can see her in the 1950s and 60s shows. Matter of fact, right into the 70s, she appeared on Wagon Train, Bonanza, Marcus Welby, also Love American Style, Burke's Law, The Virginian, Peter Gunn, Ironside, and many others. That's Virginia Gray. Next individual, Kimmy, well, he did a ton of television and film. He was a chameleon fantastic voice. Matter of fact, did voiceover work. He played Commander Kang three different times in the Star Trek television series. Yeah, Klingon. And he provided the voice of this character in the Batman, the animated series, and its spinoffs, including video games. Identify who he is. Here is his golden voice. Yes. It would move me to tears if I still had tears to shed. The snow is beautiful, don't you think? Clean, uncompromising, like the swift hand of vengeance. I'm beyond emotions. They've been frozen dead in me. Think of it, Batman. To never again walk on a summer's day with a hot wind in your face and a warm hand to hold. Oh, yes. I'd kill for that. First of all, Kimmy, tell me the name of the villain he played in the Batman cartoon and also video games. Mr. Freeze. That's correct. Can you tell me his name? He passed away on this date in history. I can't. You can't do it. One of my favorite voices of all time. One of my biggest regrets not being able to meet him at one time. That's Michael Anzara, who passed away on this date, 2013, at the age of 91. Kimmy, I think you did a fantastic job with a Monday trivia, considering it's a Monday. Matter of fact, we'll get you a bonus gift. Matter of fact, you, you have dinner of your choice tonight because you did a fantastic job and it's a Monday. Mm, yummy. All righty. And what we're going to do right now is focus on something from trivia we talked about with the golden age of radio. Radio was And that's O'Reilly and Kimmy Show. Anytime we go back in time to the golden age of radio, we take that opportunity. And right now we're going to focus on Virginia Gray, who passed away on this date in 2004. She did well, quite a bit of old-time radio. We have a sample right now that she was part of. 
It's called Easy to Wed that originally aired in 1950. Here's Virginia Gray on The Riley and Kimmy Show. It's early evening. In the cocktail lounge of a fashionable hotel, two old acquaintances have a sudden meeting. Bill! Bill Chandler! Well, you don't seem very happy to see me. I'm delighted. From Brooklyn to Bombay, a stab in the back spells haggerty. But I've been looking all over for you. Oh, now, Bill, why don't we just... Bury the hatchet? Yeah, yeah, sure. Fine. Where would you like it? No, no, come on, come on. Let bygones be bygones, huh, pal? That's okay with me. Goodbye. And give my love to Farwood. You still are working for him, aren't you? Oh, yeah, yeah, sure. I'm managing editor now, that's all. You know, someday he'll smarten up and give you a job to the janitor. Listen, Chandler, another crack like that and I will personally... Sue me for libel? Oh, by the way, how's the paper doing these days? Libel suits? Us? Forget it. And if you'll excuse me, I have work to do. What work? I'm back in my old racket, Haggerty. I'm through with headlines and the rats that write them. So long, No, 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 wait a minute. You're too intelligent just to be a hooper with a dance band. You're a newspaper man and a very good one. You mean you want to give him a job back? Let me hear the presses roar again? Same salary, same desk, everything like you had before. Only something new has been added. A hot libel suit by a dame named Connie Allenbury. Who told you that? I saw the story. We killed the story. Yeah, after the first edition, but that's the edition I happen to read. Only a dope like you would have touched a story like that. What's she suing for? Two million bucks. Who does she think she is? Just Connie Allenberry. Yeah, I know all about her. Spoiled, arrogant, engaged to a different guy every month. The crown princess of cafe society. That's her reputation, and she thinks it's worth two million? Well, when I get through with this... Great, she... great, you're back on salary. Oh, not quite so fast. During the short time I was with the paper, I squared more than a million and a half dollars worth of libel suits. And what did I get? A hundred and twenty-five bucks a week. Yeah, but now look, Bill, Sit I down. Will... Now, first of all, I seem to possess a peculiar talent for settling libel suits, right? When they concern dames, yes. And right now you've got a beaut. I just happen to have the clipping with me. Here. Hmm. Constance Allenbury, socialite daughter of financial tycoon J.B. Allenbury... Named husband stealer by irate senora in hair pulling match at Mexican garden party. So we made a little mistake. Miss Allenberry wasn't even there. Now look, I- I'll talk to Farwood. I'll get you a raise. I'll give you my word. That's I'll give just you just what I had in mind—a little raise. You know, to tell you the truth, Haggerty, I've been expecting to hear from you all week. Okay, okay. What do you got there? A contract: five thousand dollars down, fifty thousand when the suits dropped. Fifty thousand bucks. Are you not? Okay, okay, let's forget it. No, 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 wait a minute, wait a minute. Let's, let's, let's just be reasonable. Huh? On second thought, I don't think I want the job at any price. I'm all set with the dance band for six months, a lot of dough, all expenses you paid. You ought to be arrested for extortion. Give me that paper. Up to you, pal. Fifty thousand is a lot less than two million. Yeah, she'd collect, too. She'd run that alleged newspaper right out of business. Okay, now it's signed. Now, before we get to uh, the, uh, you, Bill Chandler. Oh, yes, Mr. Bartlett, won't you sit down? No, I've just got a second. The boys tell me you're looking for a job with my band. I wish I could help you out, Chandler, but we're all filled up. Oh, thanks all the same, Mr. Bartlett, but I've just signed with Mr. Haggerty here. Good. Glad you got a break. (laughs) Why, you dirty, no-good, double-crossing... Take it easy, Haggerty. Well, telling me that you were all... Nobody twisted your arm. Besides, you'll get your money's worth. Now, the Allenburys are in Mexico City. I grab a plane, register at the same hotel, and meet the little lady. Perhaps she comes to my room. Huh? Uh, Just for a cocktail, of course. All perfectly innocent, except to our private detective who wires my wife. You got a wife now? No, but we'll hire some attractive girl to marry me. When the right time comes, she stages a pretty scene and sues Connie for alienation of affection. Sensational. Let Connie go to court with a libel suit after that and see what she collects. Yeah, but we gotta get a girl for you to marry. Yeah, somebody we can trust. Yeah, 
Hey, wait a minute. I what? got the girl. Who? Mine. My girl. We're supposed to get married on Monday. Okay, so we postponed it for a little while. Well, where did you find this, uh, this lady? At the Club Continental. She's quitting tomorrow. She's a singer, see, and, and she dances. You were going to marry her on Monday? You think she'll go for this deal? Why, the girl is crazy about me. All I have to do is ask. Naturally, she'll go for it. But, but, Gladys... You, you listen to me, Warren Haggerty. This is the end. Marry me off to another guy. To this blonde baboon. Baboons are very smart, Gladys. Look, it's just for a month, Gladys. Maybe only 30 days. Well, that's just 30 days too long. If you don't want to marry me, just say so. Well, of course I want to marry you. But this comes first. The paper will go bankrupt. No other town and paper will give me a job as an office boy, will they, Bill? Not if they know you like I do. Oh, you guys are breaking my heart. Now, honey, honey, look... Would I permit you to help me like this if I didn't consider you practically my wife? Huh? Would you ask your wife to hook up with that ape? An ape can do anything a baboon can do. Oh. And let's leave personalities out of the show. We... And it won't be a real marriage. All you have to do is go to adjust the piece and say a quick I do. What do you mean it won't be a real marriage? If I say I do, he says I do, the judge says you bet you do, we're married. <laughs> Yeah, but I know a justice who will play along with it. You go through the ceremony, see? Only he forgets to sign the marriage certificate. It's a phony. Then Chandler goes his way, you go your way, I go your way, and everything clicks. You gotta do this for me, Gladys. You gotta. Oh, brother, the things I do for that newspaper. Okay. Oh, now you're talking, honey. Let's go. Uh, yes, let's. I now pronounce you man and wife. Well, Mr. Chandler, aren't you going to kiss the bride? Oh, of course. And may uh, I kiss the bride? Why not? Everybody else is. <laughs> well, Warren, aren't you going to kiss the bride? I'd like to see anybody stop me. He's a friend of the family. Mm. Isn't he? Oh. A very old friend of the family. I uh, hate to disturb this friendly gesture, but uh, oh, 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 I have oh, to yeah. catch a plane to Mexico, remember? We're spending your honeymoon in Mexico, eh? Just me. She's been there before. <laughs> oh. Well, here's your marriage certificate. Thank you. How much do I owe you? Oh, anything you think it's worth. Here's a dollar and a half. <laughs> well, Gladdy, maybe you'll want to save the certificate for your hope chest. Hey, wait a minute. It's signed. Why, of course, Mr. Chandler. He signed it. He did? Well, what do you know? Then I'm married. Why, you double crossing. Uh-uh, Gladys. No, 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 no. So it was Haggerty's idea, huh? Well, when I want a photographer, I can hire one in Mexico. But he tells me to come down to the plane and bring my camera. Okay, now just do me a favor, Spike. When we get there, keep your eyes open, your mouth shut, and your camera focused. You, uh, got any ideas yet? Naturally. I know just how to meet Miss Allendura. She likes to swim. So when we get to the hotel, we head for the pool, understand? Well, I ain't exactly stupid, Mr. Chandler. She doesn't like to have her picture taken, so you take a picture. She puts up an argument. I come along. I smash your camera. You get tough. I hang one on your chops, and before you know it, Connie Allenberry and her old man are showering me with gratitude. See how easy it can be? Uh, now, now listen I, carefully. I'll give it to you once more.
Hey, Miss Allenberry. Hey. Yes? That's it, Miss Allenberry. Thanks a lot. Just a minute. I, I'm sorry, but I did not want my picture taken. Well, that's too bad, good. But I already took it. Give me that film. Not a chance. So you're the girl that's going to sue the star for two million smackaroos, hey? Uh, how about a statement to go with the picture? Certainly not, and I demand Look, why don't you, you give just me that... dive into the pool, honey, and cool off? You heard <laughs> the lady. Now, you keep out of this, mister. She doesn't want her picture taken, right? Get your big mitts off my camera before I... Before you what? Oh! Maybe that'll teach you a lesson. I'll get you for this, William Chandler. I don't think you'll have any more trouble Connie. with him, miss. Connie, are you all right? Certainly, Father. Just a little argument with a photographer. Oh. That uh, young man who helped you. Who is he? I don't know. Oh, uh, Boswell. Uh, yes, Mr. Alamary. Uh, make a note of that name. William Chandler, he said. Yes, sir. William Chandler, sir. Very kind of you to join me for a cocktail, Mr. Chandler. Not at all, sir. It's very nice of you to ask me. Well, I, uh, I wanted to thank you for your kindness this morning. That photographer? Oh, he was probably from some scandal sheet. You know, I detest that sort of thing, Mr. Allenbury. You too, eh? Why, last year I sent one of them to a hospital. My, my publishers never did quite forgive me. Publishers? Yes, I'm a, I'm a writer. Right now I'm doing some hunting yarns. Hunting, eh? Yeah. Well, now that's very interesting. You know, uh... I'm quite a duck hunter. You are? Hello, yes. Dad. Oh, well, Connie. Uh, what happened to those women from Los Angeles? Oh, I ran out on them. I simply can't be bothered with people you meet in hotels. <laughs> uh, Mr. Chalmers, my dear, who saved your life. How do you do? Oh, yes. Sir Galahad, thank you so much. Well, you don't have to worry about that picture. The camera was ruined. Personally, I'd like to ruin the photographer. Uh, Mr. Chalmers is... Uh, uh... Chandler. <laughs> Chandler. Oh, yes. Chandler, yes. Uh, Mr. Chandler's a writer, my dear. How amusing. What do you write, Mr. Uh... Oh, I've done a few... And are you of... enjoying Mexico? Well, I've always... Oh, incidentally, want... Father, did you wire for my horses? No, Connie, I did not. Uh, you can buy a horse here. Father, I want my own. Uh... <laughs> Do you ride, Mr. Chalmers? Chandler. Oh, yes. Okay. <laughs> yes, I, I've ridden in the Kentucky Derby a couple of times. <laughs> huh. uh, but hunting is really my sport. Big game, moose, ducks, anything on the Pardon wing. Pardon me, Miss Allenbury. Yes, Boswell? Uh, those ladies from Los Angeles. Oh, it's miss. all right, Boswell. I shook them off. I'm afraid not, Miss. I overheard them in the lobby. They're planning to join you in the dining room. Oh, no. I hope you don't think I'm presumptuous, but if you'd like to avoid company, any more company, that is. Yes, young man. Well, it would be a pleasure to have you at my table. Well, it seems we're about to be indebted to you once again, Mr. Chandler. Uh, Chalmers. Oh, Chandler. <laughs> Shall we dine, Miss Allenbury? You're in luck, Father. Look at the menu. Wild duck. Ah, wonderful. Uh, do you care for duck, Mr. Chandler? Do I care for duck? The one thing in the world I do care for is duck in any shape or form, but especially on the wing. You're really a duck hunter? Oh, am I? Why, when I don't have to work, I spend practically all of my time duck, uh, duck hunting. <laughs> <laughs> Ducks have their points, all right, but give me a Canadian hunker. Why, up in my hunting lodge in Canada, I... The waiter is waiting, Father. Hmm? Oh, oh, oh. Shall we say duck? Duck, duck. Duck. Thank you, senorita. Duck. <laughs> what a sport. The whir of wings in the cold gray light of dawn. <laughs> I tell you, there's no thrill in the world like it. Oh, yes, there is. <laughs> there's one that beats it. When you take aim and fire and the feathers fly and your bird comes fluttering down to the water. You're right. You're right. I stand corrected. <laughs> Why, I remember once up there in Canada, I was using a small Ford pen. 
Yes, sir. I've hunted Doug the world over. But say what you will, in Canada they come... Father, up. dear, for two hours we've had nothing but duck. Oh, nonsense. I'm just warming up. Oh, I'm terribly sorry, Miss Allenbury. Would, would you care to dance? Thank you. I believe I would. You're very much at home on a dance floor, aren't you, Mr. Chandler? Well, when I have a partner like you, yes. <laughs> You're as light as Thistledown. Hmm. Deceiving things, Thistle. They're really quite prickly. You know, I can hardly concentrate. Must be your eyes. Oh, they're beautiful, aren't they? Your eyes remind oh, yes, me... yes, I know. Sparkling diamonds. Deep sapphire. Oh, no, no. On the, on the contrary. They remind me of marbles. Marbles? Yes. A couple of Aggies I won as a boy. Crystal clear and cold as ice. Really? I presume you're an authority on eyes, Mr. Chandler. Oh, no, not eyes. Marbles. I was champion of my neighborhood for years. How quaint. You know, I believe you've made quite an impression on my father. Oh? He's convinced you're a great duck hunter. Well, maybe I am. I think you're a great hunter, too, Mr. Chandler. Now, what is that supposed to mean? Let's just drop it, shall we? And if you don't mind, I'd like to get back to the table. Hello? You're a long-distance call, senor. Oh. New York is on the telephone. Oh, thanks, thanks. Hello? Well? Hiya, Haggerty. You didn't call me up to say hi. Hiya, Haggerty. <laughs> what about Connie Allenberry? Were you with her again today? Uh, well, uh, no, no. I, I had it all fixed up for her to have cocktails here in my room tonight, but she, she didn't show up. She had a headache. She sent some friends instead. Stop being funny. How's my wife? Glad he won't talk to me. Still sore. And if you don't get... I know just what I'm doing now. Now, just wait till tomorrow. I'll be sending for Gladdy any minute now. Just hurry up, Curly. That's all I got to say. <sighs> yes, sir. Just wait till tomorrow. Well, good morning, Miss Allenberry. How's your headache? Oh, hello there. It, it left me just as suddenly as it came on. Oh. And, uh... How was your little cocktail party last night? Oh, very enjoyable. I'm glad now that you didn't come. Oh, I hope you didn't mind my friends dropping by. They seem so anxious to meet you. That lovely Mrs. Burns Norval and her charming daughter. Yes, they were so far superior to most people one meets in a hotel. Well, I, I thought you'd get along with them. Babs is one girl in a million. And so rich, too. Or didn't you know? Oh, yes, yes. Her mother told me. She told me several interesting things. Hmm? I had no idea you were so fragile. Fragile? Me? Yes. You damaged so easily. Oh, it fascinates me. Sues for two million dollars. Just think of it. That libel suit of yours gives me a new light on you. Just who, I said, is this wonder girl? Joan of Arc, Florence Nightingale, Madame Curie? What has she done to get such a reputation? Discover penicillin? Aren't you being a little absurd? Aren't you? Just a moment. You don't understand. Oh, no, I... no, no. Don't tell me. Let me guess. And do be careful. You might injure yourself. You should be kept under glass, Miss Allenberry. It's... That was a nice right cross. It was even more than that. It was probably the first sincere gesture you ever made. Good morning, Miss Allenbury. She slaps my face, I get on a plane, and here I am, Haggerty. Oh, yeah. Just dandy. Five days in Mexico, and she slaps your face. So the Wonder Boy lays a big fat egg, huh? Haggerty, will you kindly hush my wife? Nobody's hushing me. 
I have my ticket to Reno and my hotel reservations and my lawyer and... and... no grounds. Anyway, Papa Allenberry's asked me up to his lodge in Canada for a weekend of duck hunting. Oh, swell. What do I do? Bust in on you and the old man? Uh, Connie will be there, all right. That was no farewell slap. So when do you go? Tomorrow. Good. Now, Gladdy, you'll be there the next night. Oh, I can see it all now. Alone in the mountains, just you and Connie and the ducks. Midnight. Gladdy appears. The trusting bride that you deserted. Crushed. I bust up the joint, huh? Uh, with a detective and a photographer. The case is in the bag, Bill. Congratulations. I always knew you'd deliver. You know what? I think I'll wear pink. There's only one hitch. Hitch? I look terrific in pink. Duck hunting. The tales I've told Allenberry about my duck hunting would curl what's left of your hair. But I've never even held a gun in my hands. Just talk your way out of it, genius. We'll be up there Saturday. We're busting in on you and Connie Allenberry at midnight. And it better be worth the trip. In a few moments, we'll return with Act Two of Easy to Wed. Act Two of Easy to Wed, starring Van Johnson as Bill and Esther Williams as Connie, with Virginia Gray as Gladys. For 24 hours, Bill Chandler has been reading up on duck hunting. But now it's the dawn of a new day. And at the edge of a duck marsh, Connie and her father are waiting for the mighty hunter to show up. I told you he wouldn't show up, Father. Ten minutes late already. Oh, nonsense. I woke him up myself. Well, I'll bet you 50 shares of tell until he can't hit the side of a barn. Why, he's the best in four men on duck hunting I've ever met. Oh, Father, darling. For an inveterate chairman of the board, you're very naive. Why, he's the most impossible, self-centered, conceited oh, man I've well, ever... well, then why did you come up here? You had a weekend all planned at home, didn't you? Well, I, I had to protect my favorite father. Oh. And then besides... Oh, there, there, you see. There he is now. Uh, over here, Chandler. Oh, no. Will you look at the equipment he's got? Good morning. <laughs> good morning. <laughs> Isn't this the life, eh? <laughs> Nothing like it. <laughs> Are you uh, catching cold, Mr. Chandler? Oh, no, no. Just a frog in my throat. We're old friends. <laughs> uh, my, but you are loaded down, aren't you? Just my usual equipment, Miss Ellenberry. Well, let, let's get started, shall we? Oh, by all means. If you don't mind, I'd like to try my luck alone. Alone? Uh, suppose I just wander up there, Mr. Allenbury, where the ripples are swifter and the reeds are thicker? <laughs> Wise man. That's one of my favorite blinds, too. Oh, uh, here, in case you get hungry, a thermos of coffee, sandwiches. Well, thanks, but I've got a snack right here in this hamper. What? You do come prepared, don't you? Isn't that an extremely large hamper, Mr. Chandler? I have an extremely large appetite, Miss Allenbury. Oh, I see. Well, uh, you didn't bring along a dog, did you? Uh, uh, here, fetch it. Here, boy, come here. You shoot it, he'll fetch it. He's the best retriever in Canada. Shake hands with the man, fetch it. Nice doggy. Nice boy. Hey, look. Take it easy, will you? Oh, I'm afraid he's taking a dislike to you. He's really quite human, you know. Oh, well, I, I guess I can do my own retrieving. I really look quite attractive with a duck in between my teeth. Fetch <laughs> uh, it smells something in your hamper, Mr. Chandler. Yes, he seems to, doesn't he? Go on, Fetch it. Go with him. Go, go with him. Well? Well, what? What do you mean, well, what? New clothes, new gun, new decoys, new everything. He's after something, Father dear, but it's not ducks. Oh, for heaven's sake, Connie. Now, come on, let's settle down and do some hunting. 
Well, Dad, now do you believe me? He hasn't fired a shot. Well, an experienced hunter like Chandler doesn't shoot at just any bird. Oh, oh there he goes again, a duck horn. Isn't that awful? Mm, terrible. Yeah, but by golly, it works. You, you saw that last flight. I still say he would have fired if he knew how. My dear child, the man's a sportsman. He wanted to give, give us first call. Oh, hey, hey, Dad. Here they come. Look, look, here they come again. By George. The finest flight of honkers I've seen in years. Now, watch yourself, Connie. Be ready for him, Connie. <laughs> cut it out. Cut it out, will you? Fetch it. I'm just doing what the book says. Now, get a load of this one. The mating call of a red-headed, pin-tailed widgeon. <laughs> hey, when you look at the birds. Oh, relax, Fetchit. You don't think I'd shoot one of those things, do you? I've got my bird right here. See? Here in the hamper. That butcher back in town said it's the biggest honker he's sold in 20 years. Now, if you'll just step aside, I'll fire off this field piece and we'll be all set. Ah, that ought to convince him. Incidentally, doggy, it's a very good thing you can't talk. Oh, this is fine. This is just dandy. You know it's 11 o'clock. Take it easy, will you, Gladdy? Hunting Lodge of Allenberries can't be much farther. Nothing but woods. Why, it's so dark out there, you couldn't even find You always said you wanted me to take you riding in the woods. Sure, but not with a detective and a photographer in the back seat. Yeah, well, all right, just concentrate on what you're going to tell that Allenberry dame. Okay. Connie Allenberry, you have taken from me the one thing in the world that I love my husband. Pretty good, huh? Well, I don't see Ethel Barrymore having a nervous breakdown. Oh, you don't have to worry about me, brother. What about lover boy? What if she's still slapping his face? Bill, don't be silly. He's got 50,000 bucks riding on his romance. Now, come on. Try it again. All right. Connie Allenberry, you have taken from me the one thing in the world that I love. My husband. I may only be a poor defendant. I don't know about you two, but I'm just about ready to fold up. Ah. What a wonderful day it's been. Oh, come on. Have some more coffee, Dad. Oh, not at this hour. You know, Bill, I'll say it again. That was the finest hunker that ever led a V formation across my marshes. And you bagged him. <laughs> Clean as a whistle. Oh, it was really nothing, Mr. Allenberry. Nothing at all. Marvelous shot. Marvelous. <laughs> well, see you both in the morning. Night. Good night, Good night Mr. Dad. Allenberry. You're tired, too, aren't you? Oh, me? Oh, why? You've been looking at your watch all evening. Have I? Mm-hmm. Well... Since you're not tired, we've got work to do. What? See this bash? Yeah. Aggies. Aggies? You mean marbles? Sure. Crystal clear and cool as ice. Remember? Oh, Connie. Mr. Chandler, <laughs> prepare to defend your title. You mean you shoot marbles, too? I'm a very remarkable girl. I'm beginning to think you're right. There are many sides to my nature, young man. Depths you little dream of. I'll make a study. You. Well, here we go. How's my grip? Not bad, not bad for an amateur. Wait a minute, move your thumb a fraction of the right. right. There. Now what? Now you get a bead on your Aggie. You get a bead on your Aggie. All right, tighten up on the thumb. T tighten up on my thumb. Okay. Now let her fly. Ah. Okay, ready? I think I'll take that little green one on the end. <laughs> not bad. Sure. Okay, now now here goes the blue one. Uh, this will require a slight curve and a decided spin. Now, 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 you just watch. 
Do you give up? Oh, <laughs> That's wonderful. You're a funny kid. Very different from the girl in Mexico. Hmm. I feel different. You know, Bill, it's this place. It's all tied up with my childhood. We've had some heavenly times here. Every minute completely filled, like today. It's been pretty perfect, hasn't it? Mm-hmm. And it's costing me a fortune, young man. Oh, what do you mean? I bet my father that you'd tip your hand the first 24 hours. Tip my hand? Well, yes, you see, at first I... Well, I, I thought you were just another fortune hunter. Chasing $50 million on the hoof. I see. Well, I, I know it sounds silly, Bill, but... Well, I, I thought you had something up your sleeve. An oil well, an invention, or... Well, the last one had an emerald mine. Oh, Connie, Would I you believe know. it? I even bet you couldn't hunt. I'm glad I lost, Bill. Don't apologize for suspecting people, Connie. Ring every coin you meet. There are lots of wooden nickels in circulation. You better go to bed. No, no, I want to talk. You see, Bill, you're you're the first person in years that you're in for it, my lad. What? The story of my life. Oh, Connie. Come on, now listen. <laughs> you got to hear about the kitten that died when I was six and. My great-aunt Matilda, who married at 82 and uh, divorced at 83. Really? And, and all those twisted newspaper stories about my romances and why they were not romances, Bill. There aren't going to be any more twisted stories, Connie. Connie, I was... What is I it, was... Bill? Oh, nothing. Holy mackerel, it's 12 o'clock. Well, what happens at 12 o'clock? That, my dear, I hope you will never know. Good night, Connie. But, Bill, I... I just saw somebody. It's him. It's Chandler. Look. He's waving at us. What's the idea? You're supposed to be making love. Not so loud. Not so loud. Connie's gone. What are you doing? Chasing her? I had to stop you before you got there. It seems... You mean I'm not going to get to bust up the joint? She, She left this afternoon. She's back in New York. Who are you trying to kid, Chandler? How come you didn't phone us? Because I didn't have a nickel for the phone booth and the duck blind. Now, you better get out of here before somebody sees you. Fine, Romeo. One look at you and the dame takes a powder. I'm sorry, Haggerty. Yeah, 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 now, look, yeah. I'll fly out of here in the morning. Suppose we meet in my apartment late tomorrow afternoon. Okay with you, Gladdy? Why? To plan my next move, that's why. Connie Allenbury's going home to Long Island. I may have to work fast. Okay, your apartment. Five o'clock. I know, I know. Why didn't you tell Haggerty the truth? Why did you tell him that Connie's gone? Why don't you mind your own business? Who do you think you're kidding? You've fallen in love, sucker. <laughs> With Connie Allenberry. <laughs> and I say we got all the evidence we need. The setup is Perfect. The setup's crazy. I haven't got a chance. Look, the Allenberry dame was in the woods with you, wasn't we she? We weren't in the woods. We were in the lodge. You told your trusting wife here that you were going away on business, uh. but you lied. You went to the Allenberry lodge to keep a rendezvous with Connie. Our private detective will swear that he, that he followed you there. Yeah, but her father was there, too. You're way off your rocker, Haggerty. You came home with circles down to here. Uh. You're, you're called to the little woman. You criticize her biscuits. You, you, you strike her. She strikes you back. You strike her back. 
Oh, it's in the bag. As neat a case of alienation of factions I've ever seen. They'd throw you out of every court in the country. Now, look, I'm just beginning to get a real in with the family. Give me time and I'll have an open and shut case. Bill, we've got a perfect case and we file suit tomorrow. We'll make the noon edition of the paper. How big will my picture be? Oh, as big as Connie. Well, it better be. Haggerty, please, give me just one week. I guarantee no, I'll No, 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 not a chance. She's walked out on you twice. You know, Chandler, I'm beginning to think you're losing your grip. Well, so long, Gladdy. I gotta get back to the office. Well, I, I better get going, too. You know, Gladdy, I, I can understand him tossing me to the dogs for the newspaper. But when he does it to the woman he loves... Who's tossing who to what dogs? Uh, don't you see? We haven't got enough evidence to convince a jury of low-grade morons. If he springs this, the Allenberries are bound to smell a frame-up. You think so? And to think that Haggerty would do this to you, the girl he pretends to love. Oh! Think of the publicity. I am. That's why I went for this deal in the first place. You see, Warren said it'd do a lot for my career. He did, did he? Mm-hmm. Well, let me ask you something. Would Bernhardt do it? Would Cornell, Hayes, Fontan do it? Well, no. Uh, but I'm not in a class yet with those dames. My dear girl, why, you have everything. Fire, beauty, temperament. Haggerty doesn't even know the real you. I do. He stifles you. He holds you down. Yeah, yeah, who does he think he is? Why, you could soar to the heights. But Haggerty won't let you. The big heel. Oh, my heart bleeds when I think of a girl with your talent hoofing in a nightclub. Why, you could do great things. Shakespeare, Moliere, Ibsen. <gasps> That's it, Ibsen. I can see you now in a doll's house. Are you kidding? I'm five foot seven. <laughs> and Shakespeare. Hamlet. Ah, Hamlet. That reminds me. Are you hungry? Uh-uh. Just thirsty. Oh, forgive me for not thinking of it before. A room service, please. Oh, what an Ophelia you'd make. Flowers wreathing your shining hair and a, a crazy smile on your face. Room service? This is Mr. Chandler. We, we'd like a drink, please. Send up a magnum of champagne. Oh, no, no, no. Don't get a magnum. Get a whole quart. Right away, please. Thank you. Tell me more about Shakespeare, Bill. Oh, and pour me another glass of bubbly, huh? Come, my fair Ophelia. Let us down the sweet craft of Bacchus. Who's that? Just Shakespeare for bottoms up. Ah. Uh, you know what? What? You're cute. Uh, 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 uh. <laughs> Remember Warren Haggerty. Who? Oh, him. Yeah. Well, uh, a girl can certainly hug her own husband. And you are my husband, aren't you? And after all, these are our last moments together. What do you mean? Well, if you file suit tomorrow, I'll have to go away to prove we're alienated. Oh, I'm going to miss you, Gladdy. You don't want me to start suit tomorrow, do you? For your sake, no. No, I don't. Well, then, I won't. Now... How about Hamlet giving Ophelia a nice big kiss? Hmm? <laughs> I couldn't do that. Why not? Well, it's, it's just not in the play. <laughs> oh, no wonder Ophelia went nuts. <laughs> what did he do? Well, let me show you. Oh, oh, I feel funny. <laughs> I feel awful funny. I wouldn't be a bit surprised. Now, Hamlet stood like this. Mm. He placed a candle at her feet. Uh, yeah. And another at her head. I look terrific in candlelight. And then he crossed her arms like this. Like this. 
And folding his tent like the Arabs, he silently stole away. So long, Ophelia. Gee, that's the nicest brush-off I ever got. I'm delighted to see you, Bill. Now, now tell Boswell to get you some trunks and come on in for a swim. Thanks, Connie, but I never dunk this time of year. But the water's warm. Ah, uh, that's because you're in it. That's all very nice, young man, but you're not fooling me. What's wrong, Bill? Well, I, I said I'd never mention it again, Connie, but... Oh, you... the libel suit. But what on earth has that got to do with us? Plenty. Connie, for your own sake, you've got to drop it. Aren't you taking this much too seriously, Bill? After all, it's my fight. Well, that, that makes it mine, too, doesn't it? You you really care that much? Connie, if I had two million dollars, I'd give it to settle this thing right now. You're sweet. Look at you. You've got water dripping down your face. Come here. <laughs> Bill, the towel's over here. Oh, is it? <laughs> but I'm getting you all wet, darling. I... Oh, just ring me out, baby, and hang me up to dry. Oh, You don't seem to realize what this means to me, Haggerty. I own this newspaper. If Connie Allenbury takes the case to court, I lose everything. And what have you done? I had it all fixed, Mr. Farwood. Alienation of affections. Only glad he backed down. But what's Chandler been doing all this time? This this miracle worker you sold me. I don't even know where he is. He's, he's disappeared. I'll find out. Do something. You bet I'll do something. Mr. Farwood, I'm going to go out to Long Island and see Connie Allenbury myself. <laughs> You're, you're right, Miss Allenberry. It was my fault. I had no right to run that item. Well, it's nice of you to admit it, Mr. Haggerty. For the rest of my life, I'll be, I'll be haunted by the knowledge that I've wrecked 500 lives. Those poor people who, who work on the paper. Think what it'll do to them. No money, no jobs, and all because I... Mr. Haggerty, you're right. They shouldn't have to pay for your mistake. Oh, I knew you'd feel this way, Miss Allenberry. Thank you, Miss Allenberry. I'll see to it personally that every cent I collect from the libel suit goes into a trust fund for them. You mean you're not dropping the case? Why, of course not. I have a cause now to help those people. But the paper, it'll go under. It'll fold. Yes. Yes, I, I suppose it will. But as you say, the main consideration is to get money for those poor, unemployed people. Where are you, darling? Oh, here I am, dear. Oh, but what are you doing? The... Oh, uh, this is Mr. Haggerty from the Morning Star. Mr. Haggerty, Mr. Chandler. Uh, not, uh, not William Chandler, the writer. Yes, Bill does hunting books. That must take you to so many interesting places, Mr. Chandler. Oh, it's, it's all in a day's work, Mr. Haggerty. <laughs> uh, wonder if you might consider doing something for our paper. Oh? <laughs> of course, it would, uh, be a great departure from what you're doing now. Oh, I'm sorry, but I seem to have my hands full. Yes, yes, haven't you? And after all, I came here to discuss the case, but uh, now there's nothing more to discuss, is there? There certainly isn't. Oh, uh, how do you do, Mr. Allenberry? And you can tell Mr. Farwood that we're not entertaining any representatives of his yellow paper in this house. Well, I'll make a point to tell him, Mr. Allenberry. Goodbye, Mr. Chandler. Quite a surprise having seen you here. <laughs> Again, Warren. Maybe I didn't hear right. You heard me, Gladys. Chandler's out there now at her house. 
Been seeing her every day. Why, he told me he hadn't seen her since Canada, the big two-timer. Look, don't you see? He's been protecting her. He's in love with the dame. That's why he's been stalling and disappearing and lying to you. Now, if I were you, Gladdy, I'd get out to Long Island right now. Here. Here's the address. With her, huh? With Connie Allenberry, huh? Oh, you just wait till I see him. I'll tear the roof off the place. Oh, that's my baby. And don't forget phoning the details the minute you're finished. We pause now for station identification. The curtain rises on Act Three of Easy to Wed, starring Van Johnson as Bill and Esther Williams as Connie, with Virginia Gray as Gladys. Well, it's a little later, dinner hour at the Allenbury Mansion. But Bill Chandler's appetite has suddenly deserted him. A sense of impending disaster tells him he'd better get out and fast. And, Dad, you should have seen Mr. Haggerty's face when I told him about the trust fund. Oh, it was really wonderful. (laughs) Just don't allow him in here again, my dear. Hey, don't you think I'm right, Bill? What? Bill, you're miles away. Oh, I will be. I was was just thinking this time tomorrow I'll be dining at the Sky Room at the airport. Why? Oh, just dinner with my publisher. He's flying to the coast on the 13th. But today's the 13th. Oh, no. Tomorrow is the 13th, sir. Friday the 13th. Bill, today is Friday. What? Of course it is. Oh, this is terrible. He's got a contract waiting for me. I've got to see him. Oh, what time does his plane leave? 9.30. Well, then you can still make it. Come on, I'll drive you, Bill. Oh, no, no, no. Finish your dinner. I insist. I- I've got my own car outside. Good night. Well, strange. Yes, isn't it? Hello? So you finally got home. Oh, hello, Gladdy. Don't you hear all Gladdy me? They having dinner with your publisher, huh? Oh, you've been handing me a line of forty chatter all week long. And all the time you've been romancing that Long Island Lornette race. Oh, Gladdy, you... I happen to have a piece of paper that says you're my husband. And I'm telling that to Connie Allenberry tonight. No, no, that, that doesn't sound like my Ophelia. Ophelia, my foot. Oh, I, I don't blame you for being upset, Gladdy, but it hurts me to know that you don't trust your Hamlet. Now, now, look, honey, I want you to slip into your new green dress. You're terrific in green. I'll pick you up in 20 minutes. We're going dancing. And when I have you in my arms, holding you close, I'll explain everything. Well, all right. But nothing you say can stop me from seeing that Allenberry Dane tonight. Oh, brother. How's this for a headline spike? Harris accused as husband stealer. Connie Allenberry sued for alienation of affections by Mrs. William Chandler. Well, we'll fill in the gory details when we hear from Gladys. Yeah, but I, uh, I wonder what's keeping her. Well, the longer we wait, the better the story. You know, I'll bet the old man's trying to bribe her. Yep, yep. Rich father Hello, tries to... Hello, Warren, honey. Gladys, where have you been? Dancing. Yeah, but, but uh, what about the Allenberries? Mm, well, uh, Bill and I talked it over and decided against it. Easy, Haggerty, easy, easy. Kill the story, Spike! Go on, go on, kill it! And keep your voice down. Bill and I aren't used to shouting. Haggerty, what would you say if I were to tell you that I've practically gotten Connie Allenberry ready to drop the libel suit? I'd say that you were a no-good double-crossing liar, and I'd be right. Tom Williams, I refuse to listen to you being insulted. Not four hours ago, I heard your two-timing Romeo dueling sweet nothing into Connie's diamond-studded ear. How do you like that? Bill told me all about it. That's merely his technique. 
Now, the Allenburys are giving a big party tomorrow night. I'll be there. You go right ahead, darling. I trust you. I'll get her to drop the case once and for all, providing you don't decide to barge in again. Yeah. Why can't you be more subtle like Bill? Yeah, but how do I know you can get Connie to drop the case? You'll just have to take my word for it. That's good enough for me, Lammy. Well, maybe it is the best way I'm... Sorry I blew up. Oh, I think nothing of it. Uh, now, shake hands. Uh, I want my two boys to be friends. That's it. Come on, William. Good night, Warren. Oh, I don't get it, boss. I just don't get it at all. A two-timing, conniving rat. Making Glad he believe he's in love with her. Well, Willie, Willie, we won't get away with it. How are you going to stop him? I'm going to wash up that Allenberry case once and for all and channel along with it. Now, first of all, Spike, we're running a phony item in the society column. What do you mean, phony? Well, I mean the item will appear in only one copy of tomorrow's newspaper, and that one copy is going to Gladdy, and you are going to deliver it in person. But, but what are you going to say? Uh, stand by, brother. Just stand by. Yep, that's right, Gladdy. Warren tells me to take it here to you in person. See, here it is right here on the society page. Give me that. A little birdie tells us that the charity fiesta at the Allenbury estate tonight will mark the engagement of Miss Constance Allenbury to Mr. William Chandler. Happy couple expect to marry within the month and honeymoon in Mexico City. The romantic spot of the first meeting. I don't know why Warren told me to bring that it to you, but... That does it! This is the end! Let me out of here! Hello, boss. Boss, this is Spike. Yeah, 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 yeah. Oh, Gladys Wentford, all right. Boy, did she blow her top. Where is she? She's on the road, boss, going to Long Island. guests out there, and I... Well, just what do you want? I told you what I want. I want my husband, Bill Chandler. But uh, there must be some mistake. I'm his wife, and I can prove it. Please, please. If what you say is true, you'll have every opportunity to prove it. Oh, trying to bribe me, huh? Now, if you'll just sit down, I'll return your husband to you as quickly as I can find him. But, but what is it, Dad? I don't understand. Just tell me one thing, Connie. Are you in love with Bill Chandler? Oh, yes, Dad, terribly. I never dreamed I could care so much for anyone. But what's wrong? I'm afraid he's married. I don't believe it. Well, I don't want to believe it either, Connie. But there's a girl in the house who says she's his wife. Now, where's Bill? No, no, just a minute, Dad. Let me find him. It, it's, it's my problem. Well, let, you'd let better me hurry, my dear. I, I, I don't know how long I can keep that girl behind What is it, Connie? What are you trying to tell me? Bill, I... Oh, I, I don't know where to begin. I, I've got to ask you a question. The most important question I'll ever ask you. Well, go ahead. Bill, ha have you had many proposals? Proposals? <laughs> well, that depends. Marriage proposals. Oh, not enough to turn my head. I'm asking you to marry me, Bill. Is that the question? Yes. Oh, but Connie... Yes or no, Bill? Oh, will I? No, not now, darling. Now? You mean soon? I mean now, tonight. Is there a preacher in the house? No, no, not here, darling. We'll take the car and disappear. Oh, Bill, I, I thought I'd lost you. You can never lose me, didn't you know? Well, my hunch was right, Spike. I knew he'd bring her back here to the hotel. Now, you're you're sure they got married? Oh, boy, sure, I'm sure. I followed the car. They went to a justice of the peace and got hitched. When's Gladdy coming? What did she say? Oh, she's on her way here now. When I told her what happened, she said she'd tear that hussy's blonde hair out by its dark roots. <laughs> hey, hey, there she is now. 
Well, boss? Oh, we got him cold, Spike. We do. You just wait here. Why, Gladys, this is a surprise. Oh, I'll just bet it is. I'm sorry to bust up your honeymoon, Miss Allenberry, but this man happens to be my husband. This is the little lady I was telling you about, Connie. Miss Gladys... Miss nothing. Mrs. William Chandler's the name. Get it? I've looked forward to meeting you. Bill's told me so much about you. He told you about... Oh, no, you don't. Come back here. I just don't want Warren Haggerty to miss anything. Come on in, Haggerty. Did you hear everything, or shall we start all over again? Why, Mr. Haggerty, how nice to see you. Uh, well, Gladys... You keep uh... out of this. Now, as Mrs. William Chandler, I... I beg your pardon. This is Mrs. Chandler. Yes, we were just married. <laughs> oh, that's just what I'm talking about. Why, that's arson. <laughs> no, we are married. <laughs> I'll show you the certificate. What a story. Constance Allenberry marries Bigaman. You print that, and you'll have another libel suit in your hands. You married me, didn't you? That one doesn't count. Doesn't count? Doesn't count. There's a certain Mr. Joseph Simpson, your lawfully wedded husband. Don't hand me that. I've been divorced from Joe Simpson for... You obtained your divorce in Yucatan by mail. All Yucatan divorces were ruled illegal three years ago. I looked it up in the Hall of Records yesterday. I also consulted my lawyer. Too bad, Haggerty. Gladys and I were never really married. Oh, oh, Bill, Bill, don't forget the letter. Oh, yes, the letter. The letter, Mr. Haggerty, here from Mrs. Chandler. What letter? Read it. She was so touched by your plea for those 500 starving employees. You, you dropped the suit. Connie, Miss Allenberry, I mean Mrs. Chandler. Oh, I don't know how to thank you. I can't thank you. Allenberry, heiress Mary's miracle man. What a yarn. What a scoop. What a day. Uh, Mr. Haggerty, aren't you forgetting something? Oh, yes, 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 my hat. No, your hat and Mrs. Simpson. Oh, Mrs. Simpson. Oh, that's glad, gladdy, gladdy. You know, gladdy, that, that Mrs. Simpson really kills me. I got a dash, baby. Call me at the office. Wait a minute. If you want a real scoop, I'll give you one. I learned that my Yucatan divorce was no good, so I got a second divorce from Joe Simpson and Reno. You what? Go look that up in your hall of records. Now, where do we stand? Let's, uh... Oh, Phil, this is awful. Oh, you were all terribly smart, weren't you? All working for the happy ending. Haggerty wins his case, Chandler wins his girl. Where do I come in? Oh, you had a lot of fun making me fall for you, didn't you, Bill? Okay, so I fell. Oh, you're a pretty poor excuse for a husband. Nobody else is going to get you, not if it kills us both. Now, Gladdy, just... As for you, you're ten times worse than he is. You double-crossed me for the sake of a a newspaper. Gladys, no. Now, wait a minute. I'm leaving and don't try to stop me. No, you can't walk out on me now. Oh, be still, be still. Let me handle this. You two diplomats have done enough. This way, Gladys, we'll talk this over alone. Hey. What's the idea of locking the door? I want to make sure you'll listen to me. If you dare offer me money, so help I me... wouldn't think of it. Well, what else is there to talk about? <laughs> you? I have a pretty fair notion of what you've gone through. Oh, I'll just bet. Please, let me finish, Gladys. Any woman can be starved by neglect. Th- those little attentions Bill paid you probably seem so much greater because you weren't getting any at all from Haggerty. Why... Well, I bet he, he never noticed the clothes you wore and how lovely you look, the way Bill did. You don't really want Bill. Oh, I, I know, I know. You've got him now. But it won't work, Gladys. Marriage isn't built on spite. It's built on love. It, it's too important. Look, I've been pushed around all my life, see? From now on, I do the pushing. Yeah, and I do the talking, too. So just sit down and get another air for it. Bill... 
What are they talking about in there? How do I know? Now, look, you, so you settled the libel suit. That's okay, but you're not going to deny you tried to make love to Gladys. No, I'm not. You're not? It's all in a day's work. Well, what do you think we're going to pay you $50,000 for, to make love to my girl? If the necessity arose, yes. But I assure you, I wasn't putting forth my best efforts. Oh, I suppose Gladdy isn't good enough for you. I didn't say that. Insult Gladdy, will you? Well, you've uh, had this coming for a very long time. Yeah, I've been looking forward to it. Don't you see, Gladys? You adore Warren Haggerty. It's written all over you. Everything you've done and said proves it. I don't love Warren Haggerty, and I always will. I mean, I hate him. I don't ever want to see him again. What's that? It, it sounds like they're fighting. Fighting? Well, open the door. Warren! Warren! Bill Chandler, if you heard him, I'll... Oh, where's the key? Open the door! Wait a minute, sucker. Didn't you hear Gladys just now? Warren! Warren! Uh, hey, hey, she's worried about me. I've got an idea. A bloody nose always gets them. Now hold still. <laughs> Warren! Oh, lover, what happened to you? I'm bleeding, I'm oh. bleeding. You had enough, Haggerty? Oh, you brute! How dare you hit him when his back's turned? Oh! Mind telling me the meaning of it? Yeah, I to be calm, be calm. I can explain everything, Mr. Ellen. Well, then start explaining. Well, Dad, it was like Dad? this. Dad? Connie, you mean to tell me you married him? Yes, Father, I did, but you see, it's like this. Well, it's then who he... is this woman? Oh, I'm Bill's wife. No. What? <laughs> you see, I Father, I'm Bill's wife. Hey, I the curtain falls on easy to wed. But you meet our stars again as they take a curtain call. Van Johnson, Esther Williams, and Virginia Gray. You know, Van is a veteran here, but we welcome Esther for the first time. Thank you, Bill. It's been fun. And we hope this is just the first of many appearances here. You know, Esther, you and Van make a perfect team. <laughs> well, thank you, but, you know, we've had a little experience making pictures together. Yes, we've made swimming musicals, dancing musicals, and singing musicals. And the two of you have just finished The Duchess of Idaho for MGM. What's that one about? Completely different. This is a skiing musical. <laughs> well, <laughs> if Esther doesn't swim in it, I'm not going to go. Oh, well, you're very sweet, but, but I do that, too. But the next assignment I have is a dandy. We're going to make a picture in Honolulu. Oh, and it's so economical for the studio. Well, what do you mean, Van? <laughs> well, naturally, she'll swim over. <laughs> <laughs> well, my son is going along. He's only six months old, so I think we'll take the Lurley. Half a year old? Well, mm -hmm. couldn't he swim halfway? Oh, no. <laughs> Esther, I... <laughs> I do hope you'll be careful of that lovely Lux complexion in the Hawaiian sun. Thank you, Bill. Lux soap has always been my complexion care. I wouldn't think of going without it. Oh, and the same goes for me, Mr. Keeley. Good night. Good night. Good night. Good night, and thank you all. If you enjoyed that golden age of radio production, be sure to follow the Riley and Kimmy Show. We feature old-time radio shows from time to time. We have archived episodes available right now on our website, 
at RileyandKimmy.com. Some of them have old-time radio episodes on them. Please tell your friends about the Riley and Kimmy Show. Help us grow. Our social media links are available on our website at RileyandKimmy.com. That's R-I-L-E-Y and Kimmy, K-I-M-M-Y dot com. If you friend, follow, and like us, we will friend and follow you back. Also, be sure to check out our website, events page, and our social media pages for updates where the Riley and Kimmy show will be appearing next. And we're available for your pop culture event and also those that are animal-based, about pets and animals too. We have a spinoff show called Animal Special. So be sure to tell your friends about us. It's the Riley and Kimmy show, the nerd variety talk show with daily pop culture episodes. The Riley and Kimmy Show. Find archive podcasts of The Riley and Kimmy Show at RileyandKimmy.com. Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.